Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural. Lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the And welcome back to this nautical-themed Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Ooh, nautical-themed. I am the great and powerful mystery. I am Jay Clone, number... 1,873. Whoa. From the future. <laughs> From the future. From the future, Charlie. <laughs> what? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. I don't know. I really don't know anything about what you're talking about. So, we're not alone, Jay. We are not. We have a special guest with us today. A reoccurring guest. Is this our first reoccurring? Non-podcaster, yes. Is it? Yeah. I think it would be. Yeah. So, welcome back to the show, famous author. Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed author and friend of the show, Michael Thompson. Woo! Welcome hey. back. We <laughs> checked. You. His legs do work. My legs work now. <laughs> so this everybody the call back. Listen, yeah, listen to those episodes. That was hilarious. <laughs> now you kept looking at me. I'm like, you're the one that does the intros. I'm like, stop oh, looking at me. Step in. You started talking about Charlie and something. I didn't know what you were talking about. No. Thank you for coming back on, Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, we we're very we're very excited, and uh, and we're all sober this time. Hey, you're right. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, so before we get into today's topic and everything, because we we invited you on this one to kind of share in, a, in more of a classic Cryptos of the Corn episode than an interview. But as always, please plug all your stuff where people can find you, all your lovely books that are for sale and such. 
Sure. Uh, I'm the author of many different sci-fi fantasy books. Uh, one of them, which I think your audience will really like and might be familiar with, is Winslow Hoffner's Incredible Encounters. It's a folkloric fantasy in the high seas about cryptids, sea monsters, epic river legends that few have beheld, but there's one man who's seen them all. It's like your classic fisherman's tales, but with real monsters. It's all based on real-life encounters of monsters that have not been proven by science. And, uh, and there's a big emphasis on globsters as well. And I kind of uh, do a historical fiction thing where I imagine what they might have been. So we have globsters, uh, formerly globsters featured in there like Gambo and Giganteus. And uh, so if you want to check that out, that's going to be on my website, michaelthompsonbooks.com. And I'll have the link for that below. Or I'll try to remember, Jay, your fault if we don't remember. I'll take the blame. Because you do the descriptions. That's true. All right. But yeah, so amazing books. And that is really fun. I'm... Uh, classic monsters like bosco are in there bosco yes. the turtle oh you're right bosco, bum, bum, yeah. bum. bosco bosco it's indiana they don't <laughs> they can't pronounce their own cities anyways <laughs> you're gonna get another I also nasty narrated email. my own audiobook the audiobook is out now i should is mention it? before i forget yes and uh i i self-narrated it and it is very 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 good i did it in a professional studio and everything so that's awesome you want to hear all the cool the cool voices in there uh, it's it's a really cool. It's a whole new experience. A whole new world. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> I always thought you were gonna take up the next line. I was about to, but I was like, <laughs> no. But who are we here to talk about today, Jay? Oh, what, cryptid. Yeah. Did you I, forget? No, I know. I believe, but I'm gonna act like I kind of don't know because I I only know the name. I know it's Trunko. Okay. It's Trunko. Don't add that. Covering up the notes. Yeah. It's <laughs> Trunko, but I know Trunko falls under the, the globster category, right? For cryptids? Partially, right? Partially. Kind of both, yeah. 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 And yeah, I, I know, and there's a lot of mystery surrounding what exactly Trunko is, but that's about the extent of my knowledge of it. Well, and I mean, the stories, the story with Trunko and the story of the globster isn't that long. Like, there's not, there's really one, the one big sighting of Trunko and then the, the dead body. Uh, we'll, right. we'll get into that here in a second. It's, I think th this episode is going to be more the explaining what Trunko could be. Mm. And I'll give you the chance here in a little bit, Jay, to go first. Because mm. I think both me and Michael may have you may have you beat on this episode. Out-trunked. So, out-trunked. <laughs> out-trunked. Is that even a thing? It is now. Out-trunked. <laughs> Where's your button? I'm finding it. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Is that the one you meant to put yeah. on? <laughs> Okay. Okay. You could out trunk us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so let's start. This astonishing encounter between two killer whales and a large creature with a trunk and white fur appeared in an article called Fish Like Polar Bear, published in the Daily Mail on December 27th of 1924. Big year, big year. The article describes a very strange creature lifting itself out of the water up to 20 feet and whacking the whales with its giant lobster-like tail. Hugh Balance, one of the witnesses, claimed that the animal was a giant polar bear, and the other, and that the whales were said to have fought the creature for over three hours. Who won? After the fight, the carcass of the creature, nicknamed Trunko, washed ashore. Apparently, the whales had won the fight. Trunko was there for over ten days before getting dragged back out in the sea, but no scientist examined the carcass while it was there. The unidentified witnesses described the corpse as being over 14 meters long, 3 meters wide, and then 1.5 meters high, having white thick fur. 
with a armored lobster-like tail, an elephantine trunk, and no blood was seen on the carcass. The question arose over whether Trunko was really dead following the, the article published on March 27th of 1925 on the Charlery Mail in Pennsylvania called Whale Slain by Hairy Monster. So now we got a reverse of the story. Mm. The story reports that the, in the contrast of the first article, Trunko killed the whales. He then swam ashore, unconscious from exhaustion, woke up 10 days later and crawled back into sea. So yeah, that's that's pretty quick. But basically, this whale vessel, uh, and I know it's kind of argued. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff with Trunk, and I think it has to do that it's literally a hundred years ago, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ninety nine. About. So there's a lot of you know conjecture when it comes to this kind of stuff. But I believe it was even a whale tour that was first witnessed Trunko and the killer whales fighting. Right. In this group, they really described a much more normal whale with white fur in a trunk rather than the beachgoers. So what do you think about that first part, Michael? Well, I think it's fascinating. I mean, um, I won't get into the theories just yet. I guess we're saving that for later, but it's certainly, it's certainly uh, sensational. The, uh, the fact that it was um, leaping 20 feet out of the air is quite impressive. The size, the proportions is quite wild. And um, this was definitely something that I was quite drawn to uh, for the second Winslow Hoffner book, which is coming out in in fall. And so uh, this is exactly the sort of thing. So it was um, it kind of inhabits both categories. It kind of inhabits is partially a globster, partially uh, standard cryptid, uh, counting the three hour battle uh, where it was seen, you know, supposedly struggling for its life. And then once it reaches the shore and it's not quite definable, then it becomes a globster. Yeah, and it's it's this first, I don't know, it's weird, and it's just like there's really almost three different things. We have the two stories of it battling whales and two different outcomes, mm-hmm. but the carcass, and if you believe the picture that is said to be Trunko, uh, it is definitely dead. Yeah, this is the actual picture. Yes. Yeah. If that is the actual picture of Trunko, that is a rotting mount of flesh. You mean yeah, he didn't get him out in the... 2010, I think. Yeah, the 2010 cryptozoologist Carl uh, Shucker. He didn't get back up and crawl back into the ocean after that? Uh, Do you see this picture? I can't. There's literally flesh rotting off it and going into the ocean. Oh, okay, yeah, it looks dead. It didn't look like it looks mildly dead. Yeah, Yeah, and it really doesn't. So there's a lot of conjecture, though, around this photo in itself, saying that why did it take so long to surface? If this is real, like, this could be a picture from the 50s of an actual like whale. So for people that don't know, sure. we've we've covered it at home several times when baleen whales and, and sperm whales die, they have this uh, big thick layer of blubber and that'll kind of come off the carcass in like a sock. So the rest of the carcass will sink to the bottom of the sea, but this blub- blubber sheet will make it to shore. Ugh, blubber sock. And this would also explain why when we talk about the lobster part of Trunco, why there was no blood is blubber has very, very poor circulation. Like it's just... It's the it's almost you can think of it almost like a callus. It's there just to protect you from the elements. Man, it's sitting in salt water. Anything in there's like blood wise, I mean pulled out, right? Probably. I mean, yeah, and it's before ten it's, days. Yeah, before it no, floats up on the I've beach. I've seen some long dead carcasses that never caught into them and were like, ah, it's not bleeding. <laughs> How weird. Yeah, right. Hmm. So yeah. So then it washes ashore. And this is when descriptions get weird. Like uh what did I say? 
so this one I had didn't it talked about the lobster tail, the white thick fur, and they keep describing it as fur. So that's why I, I definitely kind of lean towards that picture maybe not being of. So somebody's lying in that in that scenario. Oh, about lying about the fur. The, or? Either the picture is real and the people are lying. Lying is what I say because you're not mistaken. Now in the water, white blubber strings can look really like fur. Yeah, but on land when it's rotting and smelling, it's really hard to tell, like, to confuse that with fur, in my opinion. Uh, but the lobster-like features. And did you ever see in your research? Because you've researched this much more than I have. That it had a bunch of little lobster-like legs too. I didn't hear about the lobster legs. I just heard that it had a lobster tail. And there's a couple. There's a couple reasons in my sort of imagination why why that could be. Um, and if we're if we're I, I I could just jump into some some of my thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Here, but but uh, it, I remember the last episode you had you had me on. You mentioned, and I got extremely excited uh, when you said that there was a discovery about a um, a either fully aquatic or partially aquatic ancestor to the elephant. Mm-hmm. And that was that was especially interesting to me because uh, in my uh, in the second Winslow Hoffner book, uh, I interpreted Trunko kind of like a Sirenian. Uh, like a manatee that's kind of a closest uh elephant relative that is aquatic and i sort of affected the lobster-like segmentations uh in the in the book's description um by doing a sort of a rhinoceros like dermal plating and so i imagined it like that so if it were truly like armored like a lobster i thought that the closest thing that would be sort of uh cohesive to uh, whatever species it might have been might be like a dermal plating but i've seen other theories where people uh interpret it more like a pinniped where the way the uh the back flippers of a seal looks uh like all all layered and and such could have affected um could have affected the flipper of a lobster as well i i i think i follow fall more into that and when i get into the end you'll hear more of that but i also net scarring and stuff like that can create mm. incitations. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's true. There's these patterns that look like armor plates, and it'll kill sections of the skin and make these big, hard, dark marks. Hmm. So I could see, like, uh, if this was a real creature, uh, towards the end of its tail, getting this kind of caught in a net and breaking free, but still leaving yeah. these big, like, almost triangular scars. Diamond-shaped scars, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen... Uh, Cetacean, not cetacean, serenians like manatees, like they have shredded tails. Yeah. They don't heal, like they don't fully heal like that. You know, they're stuck to that shape. There's the famous yeah, one that Monster like, Quest uh, did. They had the big trident. Yeah, the trident shaped tail. Yeah. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. And uh that was most likely a manatee. And they had they had great footage. hundred percent great of, footage. Yeah. Of uh of what that looks like. So I think you've ruined all my ending stuff for me, so thank <laughs> you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, I do have one you haven't hit. No, that's okay, because usually I do it, yep. and he yells at me, so. And we're going to go into each one of those in a lot more detail. Uh, yeah, I've got lots of questions, so. Oh, no, i got lots of questions for you, so don't think you're getting away. You're going to ruin my story. You're going to answer questions. I'll, I'll be okay. the moderator. No, so what do you think about Trunk OJ? Um, just from those, I think those two stories are, it's just odd that they're so contradictory to each other. That something about that is just, I don't know, weird. Weird to me, I suppose. Just saying, like, okay, this one, the whale's chasing it, and then the other one, it's chasing the whales around. Year later. Year later. Year later. Right, right. But same yeah. same story, but, like, complete mm-hmm. opposite behaviors. I don't know. It's just odd. 
for, you know, normally stories don't, you know, they're different from varying from here to here, but complete opposite behavior. It stands out. That stands out. Yeah. Yeah. It stands out as odd to me or weird or different. Storytelling, selling newspapers. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing of it. But I, I mean, but I don't doubt that something was happening, that there it was this thing. Now, the thing that washed up, I don't know. I mean, could be that blubber sock you were talking about. But if it is this weird old creature, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. So I'll throw my opinion, and everybody at home can think about me, whatever they think about. I don't think that picture is really Trunko, personally. I think there was... Now, Michael, you'll have a better idea than I do, but wasn't there like several hundred witnesses for why it was when it was dead on the beach? There was uh, quite a lot. I don't know exactly how many there were, but there were quite a lot. And uh, the unifying sort of it had it had an interesting set of features. It had, it had basically they they said no head, um, or at least no great distinction between where the head began and the body began. Right. And it was just uh, the trunk, like a five foot trunk, and then straight into the body. And, and then it was, co- and then they said it was covered with this, with this fur. It was also, um, in, in some descriptions said to be like limbless, like it didn't have any pectoral fins or anything. Like it was just one, one sort of, uh, one sort of streamlined shape. Hmm. So, so a lot of people seen this and I, I believe in the one thing I said, it seemed like several hundred cause there's a bunch of beach goers every day coming before they drag this out to see before it started to smell so bad that, you know, it's time to move it. You know, here in the U S we just blow them up. Right, yeah, like the yeah. dead whales on the beach. <laughs> that sperm whale, and we'll—I'll touch on that real fast because it's a funny story. So, yeah, that's it was in California, I believe. A bull sperm whale. He's like forty-five tons. Washes up on the beach, and the person they contacted to blow it up—I don't know. Do you know this story, Michael? I've—I've I've seen videos of it, but so, I'm sure you know the details more. So, than I do. the person they contact was a retired man that used to work with explosives. Did had no experience blowing up an animal. Ted Kaczynski? Yes. Yes, it was Ted Kaczynski. They got him out of prison. <laughs> to blow up a whale. Yeah. Uh, no. His bombs aren't even that effective. Ah, uh, whatever. So he's told, I can't remember, it was some ungodly amount of dynamite, real dynamite. It was like 1,100 pounds of dynamite or something like that. And they dug a hole out from underneath the side of the whale put it under, and the goal was they tried to angle it to explode it out towards the ocean. <laughs> to chunkify it. The goal was to chunkify it and put, aim it towards the ocean. And what they ended up doing is the whole, from my understanding, first off, they used like 110 times more dynamite than they needed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like some, because basically they, they, they came to this old guy and this old guy was just like, here's how much dynamite it's going to take. And everybody, they just wrote him a check for it. Yeah. Nobody questioned him. And it all came back on the mayor. Uh, no one crunched the numbers. Nobody crunched the numbers. Nobody checked his math. And then what I understand, the real big factor was that the hole, because they dug in wet sand underneath a gigantic rotting animal. So the hole kind of shifted and mm. ended up pointing straight up mm. instead of being angled. Yeah. So they blow this whale up and it does. It disappears for a minute. And then it starts raining chunks of blubber. And at first they're fine. Like it, it, everybody at home watch the videos. Because at first they're fine. Like it's like little golf ball sized chunks. And like, oh, this is gross. This is really bad. Then hundreds of pounds of chunks start raining down. 
Yeah. The one car got crushed by a 500-pound chunk of whale coming back from the stratosphere. That's insane. Uh, and yeah, and they destroyed cars in like two different towns. <laughs> like it was when, like the one video was like still, and I think this was like 2005, 2006. The one video, it was still raining like 20 to 25 minutes after they blew up the whale. Dang. They put that, they put chunks of this whale so high up. Yeah. And you know, that old guy was just sitting there going, heh, heh. The whale's gone, ain't it? <laughs> whale's gone. That's what you asked. That's how you could have got your whale vertebrae, Fina. Finally. You, there's no bones left. Oh, darn it. All right, no, nothing big enough to go collect. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was not what happened here. They didn't do that at the Trunco? No, they dragged them out to sea like you're supposed to do. Oh, okay. That's what you do. You drag it out to sea, then you poke holes in it so it sinks. <laughs> That's what you normally do with a whale carcass. Okay. But no, so yeah, hundreds of people come and view Trunco, and then they drag it out to sea. So to me, it's really weird that this really distinct description stuck for such a long time uh if it was i mean a normal globster i mean i know michael if anybody at home hasn't seen just type in globsters like half the time they're these socks of blubber so they don't really have a form uh sometimes they do have like uh or beaked whales sometimes when they die they stick into their their they still come to shore full so they kind of have like a weird head but they don't really make a lot of sense uh, stuff like basking sharks, when they die, they look all freaky. There's that famous picture of a plesiosaur supposedly pulled out of the stomach of a sperm whale uh, that's more like rotting. And it's actually a basking a basking shark's cartilage skeleton pointing the wrong way. What do you mean? So wow. they took like the tail of it and said, this is the neck, and there's the flippers and everything down there. Oh. And it's really the flippers and everything down there is the head, and they're holding the tail end of it. Yeah. Makes sense. So it's like there's rotting carcasses can look funky, but they generally don't like look this funky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think about that second? Do you think it's just somebody having fun with the story again a year later, or do you think it's a whole different encounter? I've seen people go either way. Uh, a whole different encounter. No, I don't think it's a whole different encounter. I, it, it sounds like it sounds like uh, someone came upon the story, thought it was a cool tale and sensationalize the ending as if like to set up a sequel or something is mm. what that sounds like mm. um because it's like it's a, it's a cooler ending if the beast is still out there mm-hmm. yeah and so that that's that's kind of what it sounds like because otherwise it was all you know is margate beach everything was the same details is the only thing that that inverted was the winner and i think he said that it was knocked out for a full 10 days before it dragged itself back into the water and that I don't know. Impressive. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like Jesus. Um, yeah. Except Jesus wasn't a marine mammal that was laying on the beach in the baking sun for ten days. <laughs> Nothing like Jesus. Rotting. I thought I'd get a laugh out of both of you guys, but <laughs> no, it didn't work. No. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> Except he's not a marine rotting marine mammal. Except he's you want you want to tell your joke again? No, I don't. Do your thing. Oh, it's not even letting you. It's ha. not even letting me move any buttons. Ha. We'll have to deal with that later. Yeah. <laughs> Editing. This, yeah, this will be fun. Uh, <laughs> um, no, what were we talking about? Now I forgot. Uh, rotting Marine. No, no. Oh. Um, no. So, yeah, you already brought up a lot of the Trunco possibilities I had written down. Let's go. Let's let's kind of go through them. Or do you have anything else to add to the Trunco story before? Oh, sure. I, I, I could I could talk. I could talk a little bit more about it. Please I, do. I don't know. Have, and I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna touch on 
uh, any more uh, newspaper reports. Are you? No, you go right uh, ahead. No? Go right ahead. Okay, you froze for a second. Sorry. No, it's um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I, I discovered an interesting uh, lead. So my when I initially hear, heard the Tronco story, I thought, okay, this is it's probably a rotting corpse, but I like the description and I was very drawn to it. And I think that, you know, part of what makes it so memorable is also the name. The name gives it a lot of personality uh, that I think uh, it was Carl Schuker that gave him, gave him yeah. the nickname. Um, so you're more likely going to re remember Trunko than you're going to remember something, uh, something else. But I found a, a near identical description from the thirties mm. of a similar monster. And, uh, you guys, I think you're familiar with Adam Benedict of the oh, Blind yep. Baron mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, in in Monsters and Prints, right over the there, the back, uh, he's got. Let's see, I can get you, I can get you the page number actually. So, now in the book itself, it has a sort of different description, but with the, uh, with with some additional information, it becomes more interesting. But there was a 42 foot long carcass found in Alaska. November 25th, 1930. And uh, so this was initially described as being reptilian, lizard-like, uh, looking like a dinosaur. But it was furry. So there's not a lot of dinosaurs that are furry. Interestingly enough, on um, there's, a, there's a bit more information on Adam Benedict's website uh, about the monster. And this, this is kind of where... I think the name Trunko helps it with its longevity because the only name that this thing has was like the Glacier Island body or something. Mm. Um, and this one, it was uh, found Glacier Island in Alaska, November 10th. And uh, we had a couple of guys, Jerry O'Leary and Charles Gibson, who discovered the carcass. And it was just this unknown sea creature. They'd never seen anything like it. They were out there like getting ready to feed their foxes or whatever. And then this thing washes ashore and they go, perfect. And they cut some meat off of the thing. Now, this is the big difference uh, between uh, this one and Trunko. Trunko was all blubber, had no blood. This one was apparently extremely well-preserved on account of the cold, cold water. Um, and they chopped it up and they smoked it. And they, I've got a quote from them that says, uh, it looked and smelled like horse meat. Hmm. And so I've got, I've got some thoughts about that. But... Uh, they had uh, some some descriptions of it that the head was attached directly to the torso with no visible neck. It had a trunk, and it was furry, fur-covered flesh. And so originally, uh, uh, they thought it was reptilian, but other people thought that it could have been the badly de decayed carcass of a woolly mammoth, hmm. um, which is perhaps possible if it was perfectly preserved in ice and then and then let free. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't account for the long tail that it had. And it had a very, very long tail that accounted for, for most of its body. So so very interesting, very interesting stuff. So we have uh, some, some measurements that were taken by uh, W.J. McDonald, who was um, this guy who was, he was a scientist. And uh, so, yeah, pretty interesting. But uh, it, had a, it, it was described as having an elephantine head. No visible distinction between the neck and the body, covered in fur with a trunk, and uh, supposedly quite well preserved. But then, like Trunko, uh, interest in it fizzled, and it washed back out to sea, and it was never seen again. Hmm. So, so that's very interesting. Why is that a recurring theme? 
That's just what carcasses do on the beach. I guess. No one, no one collects them though. They're giant rotting animals. I guess you're right. <laughs> you want to put that in the bed of your flatbed? Uh, yeah. See, see, a Bigfoot you could actually load into the bed of a truck. I suppose. A 40 to 50 foot, 100 uh, ton animal that's r- been rotting for several days. They're already cutting chunks of meat off. They could have cut his head to off. They feed their foxes. They could have cut his head off and <laughs> threw it in them. I guess they did eat it, didn't they? So it tastes like horse they meat. Said it, they horse said, meat. Well, I don't know if they, they themselves tasted it. I think they fed it to the foxes, but it said it looked and smelled like horse meat. Oh, looked and smelled like yeah. horse meat. Hmm. It looked and smelled. You know and one so, of them tried it. You know one of them tried it. Maybe they did. I mean, I, there's a lot of stories about woolly mammoths when they're able to have well, well-preserved flesh and they turn it into meatballs and stuff. For well, some reason, there's this They just cloned that and made desire. meatball. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Colossal just sold the meatball, the woolly uh, mammoth meatball for a lot of money. Uh, Colossus, sorry. Everyone has this desire to eat these mammoths for some reason. I would. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I wouldn't. it's human nature. Pachyderm tastes disgusting. Do they? Yeah. You've had pachyderm? No. Oh, no. So how would you know? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It might taste like an Don't amazing roast. It, you try it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might taste like an amazing roast. That's an interesting... Michael, I've never heard that one. I have, I have all of Adam's books, and I've never heard that one, but you know, they're pretty comprehensive books, so... Well, I would have I would have gone right past it because it was described as lizard-like in the title because uh, the Monsters in Print book is just, um, you know, it's just the article. But, right. but he had more supplementary information on his website. And so I was able to, like, go back and forth, and I found the actual article in the book, and then I found the information on the website that had the measurements and the descriptions taken by this wow. uh, McDonald, uh, McDonald fella. And it doesn't sound reptilian. I, everyone, I, it could have been that people were just fascinated with dinosaurs at the time and wanted and wanted to call it a dinosaur but the fact that it had fur and it's supposedly well preserved and they smoked the meat i don't think you can smoke i mean i correct me if i'm wrong i don't think you can smoke blubber (laughs) you know but uh, i don't imagine i think it would just melt right yeah i think it would turn into oil i think it would i think it would because that's how they refined blubber is when every time they would cook it like they would not cook it they would boil it basically sure yeah like that's how they refined it into oil that that's a weird story. story. I, I love it. I've never heard it. That was yeah. one I wasn't prepared for. So reptilian, I and I know what you like said that it may have just been the obsession with the dinosaurs and stuff at the time because they were talking about Lost World, this dinosaur scene right. here, you know, just any big reptile. And we were still describing dinosaurs then, it is basically big upright iguanas half the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I know you'll know uh, the Blesmosaurus, you know, these these really primitive whales uh, were very crocodilian like. As far as at least their their skeletal remains, we have a very long, elongated body, very crocodile like. Nobody ever talks about them having fur, but nobody knows. They were still right. much more closely related to their land mammals. They still had their hind legs. Ah, you trying to say that this could what? be a whale relative? Well, blesmosaurs are whales technically. Well, yeah, I meant I meant trunk home in particular. Well, we'll get to that, but okay, I have my suspicions. Now, this is interesting. No, I I never knew this story. That's really cool. It's an interesting piece of the puzzle. And so when people hear that and they're like, they're like, wait a second, you know, this is, this is lining up with uh, the Margate beach discovery uh, pretty nicely. And, uh, and there's some other, there's some other um, cultures that have aquatic uh, elephants or what they, what they think of as, as like water elephants. So, Um, So do you have anything else to add to these two stories before we move on to what we think it could be? No, because that's a perfect segue. 
the aquatic elephant theory is kind of the first big one that me and you have mm-hmm. already talked about off air and stuff like that. So India, most people don't realize this, there was a continent or basically a bigger island to like Madagascar and stuff like that that started. There was more land to where they kind of connected, and that's Eurasian, well, Asian elephants and African elephants, they would cross that. Yeah. There's, there's fossil evidence to suggest there's a species that was, when that was still exposed, they were swimming out to these islands back and forth. And we know that here in the U.S., that mammoths would swim out to Cal- the Canadodian, uh, Caledonian Islands and stuff like that. They were continuously doing it, 7 to 13 miles offshore, and they'd just be like, I think I could make it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a mammoth. There's not a lot that's going to, a Colombian mammoth to be specific, it's not a lot that's going to try to eat them. Right, yeah. A megalodon, maybe. Might pick at their feet. Yeah. Uh, but no, so it, there was so there was this evidence suggests that the species of elephant was swimming longer and longer distances to go back and forth, back and forth, back back and forth, and then the big the big landmass disappeared. Madagascar is what's left of it. Most people don't realize it's like literally Madagascar is a chunk of a much bigger landmass, uh, and obviously there's no elephants on Madagascar. There are still some other primitive species uh, in India. They have a lot of stories of fully aquatic mammoths, or not mammoths. Sorry, mm-hmm. fully aquatic elephants. These trunked animals that they were say that they and they in, they knew what an elephant was, and they would talk about. There's you know Asian forest elephants, and there is the elephants that live out in the ocean. And we talked about on one of our uh, mystery cetacean station. Yeah, where we talked about that there was a species of whale that was seen in the Indian Ocean that most biologists fully believe is real, and I can't think of the name of it, but it's only been seen the one time, and they think it's due to extremely how smart and shy they are. Uh, But literally, and they were like in the middle of one of the pods, and I can't remember the name, Mystery Cetacean Station. It was in that episode somewhere. It's in there, yeah. Uh, So there's this whole theory, this whole thought process that if elephants kept going that way, and we know, you know, we think of modern-day elephants, you know, we only have the two species left. One has several subspecies, but... They're not really hairy, big, uh, big and small ears. You know these long trunks, but if you look at pachyderms of the past, there were some insane species, including some of the biggest land mammals to ever exist, uh, and some of them were quite shaggy. Yeah. So what if this is a giant marine elephant? Bum bum bum. What do you think, Jay? I'll give it to you first. Well. I mean, marine elephants, they have existed, correct, in the past? As far as I know, there's no fully marine species of elephant that's ever been found in the fossil record. We now, so, But we know mammoths swim out to islands, and there's evidence of this species. I don't have the name of this. We're having some interference. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that was. Did you hear that? Mm-mm. Okay, I had a big, loud noise through my headphones. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. have any. Uh, anyways, we have evidence of the species in the Indian Ocean that was swimming a greater distance than modern-day pachyderms, including mammoths, were. But nothing that was 100%. Nothing that was ever 100% aquatic. Aquatic, We yeah. had swamp species. We had species that were spending a good time in standing water. Mm-hmm. But no, we don't have any fossil evidence, as far as I know, from my research, of a, f- a fully or semi-aquatic species. Like something like a whale but that lives in the if water. If you look at elephants, they'll lay underwater all day. They'll be completely submerged with just their trunk. They're happy in the water. But most of that's water they can touch in. Right, yeah. Yeah, because elephants don't float, do they? Yeah, they do. They do float? Mm-hmm. They're, They're not like swimmers. hippos? They're great swimmers. Not like hippos? Where they not just... like hippos. Okay. Hmm. That's just the thought in my head. They were just like hippos. I didn't know mm. they could actually swim. Hippos so. are especially evolved to do that, to sink. It's well, actually kind of hard for a mammal to sink. 
unless mm. you're really dense. Hmm. They have really dense bones, so they're negatively buoyant. Gotcha. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Well, come on, Jane, spit it out. I'm just. I'm thinking. I mean, a semi-aquatic elephant just sounds like crazy talk. You know what I mean? But it's. I know it's not. Literally, every other big mammal went to the ocean. Right. Yeah. So why not this? I mean, we got aquatic ape theory. Why not aquatic elephant theory? Aquatic elephant theory. For Trunko. I think that's the title of the episode, even if that's not what we land on. <laughs> aquatic elephant theory? Yeah. Yeah. I like that, yeah. So, Mike, what's your thoughts on the aquatic elephant theory? I, I, I do. I really like the aquatic elephant theory. Um, there's interesting uh, There's interesting mythical uh, creatures. We talked the last time I was on the show about the uh the whole uh, everything on everything on the land has its answer in the sea mm-hmm. um that was sort of one of one of the theories and and like you have you know the narwhal which is like the sea unicorn i think it was called at one point and then in and yeah in this um i i was in in preparation for the show i was i was checking out articles and there there are lots of uh ancient mythical aquatic elephants there's one uh called uh gaja mina which its name literally means fish elephant, and it's from the Balinese Hindu culture, and is one of the seven makara, which uh, you can see sculptures of this thing. It's uh, supposedly a elephantine sea serpent type thing, and they have that on on temples and stuff. And it's hmm. you know kind of looks like what you would expect, almost like a dragon, but then it would have this big old trunk. And so and so that was that's quite interesting. And in the article that I found, it was um, there's even there's even been supposed sightings by fishermen saying that it had fur on its body. Hmm. So that's, so that's huh. quite, quite fascinating. Even in the two thousands, um, several of them are, are globster situations, but one I think was a sighting by a fisherman and, uh, and yeah, so apparently they go after, they go after their fish. So, so it's considered like bad luck if you see this thing hmm. <laughs> and you're a fisherman. Now I'm trying to remember, you just sparked a memory and, me and Mike from CryptoDigiQ were talking about this. Now, it's the snake elephant from Africa. The Groot Slang. Mm. The oh. Groot Slang. Groot Slang, yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be the most powerful, in, in some of the African folklore, uh, the yeah. most powerful creature ever created by God. It was so powerful, it was destroying so much stuff that God wiped out all the Groot Slang, killed them all. Groot Slang. And then one survived in a deep cave, and... Uh, after God found it, oh, he, so so that one's still alive today in modern day. Uh, but the other ones, he, after the ones he slew, he split their bodies apart and made the elephants and the giant snakes. Hmm. So that was like it was an ele- it was a serpentine elephant. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, that I can't. Weird. I don't even know. Like, does it have elephant legs? No, or it's basically it was the front of it was very like it was very snake. It was like imagine like a giant eel with an elephant's head. So a snake with an elephant's head. Yeah. Okay. Or a snake head on an elephant's body? No. Okay. Very different animal. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that so. That's a dinosaur. That's a dinosaur. Okay. That's okay, yeah. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but no, so yeah, the, the Indians have all this culture, and it, they're not the only ones to talk about it. There's many of the sea monsters we have on the maps from the uh, 11th century and such have these trunked water monsters, lake or, or yeah. ocean monsters. And people say, you know, how can it exist? So my favorite one is when you see the tusked whales on those maps. Well, we have beaked whales. We have whales that have tusks. Most people don't realize that, that we actually have whales that have tusks, and that they weren't making that up. 
They were drawing a whale, and it was much scarier than a whale actually is, you know. But it was drawing a whale, and it had big tusks. So they give it big tusk. Those old maps like are always have those creepy looking creatures on them. I Especially, love those maps. No, yeah, they're great. I'm sure you do. I've got I've got books books of those maps. <laughs> That was the, that was one of my the uh, the Carta Marina by Olaus Magnus was one of my one of mm. my favorites. Mm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So before we go on to the next one, we're going to do our percentages. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? So what do you, what percentage are you give in this one? What so, do you mean? What do you mean? A possibility. What, of Trunco? Uh, no, of the, the aquatic elephant for being Trunco. Oh, the aquatic elephant. Ooh. You know what? This might be one of those special cases where this is a 50-50. It's a 50% chance that it could oh, be this. You're using up a lot of good stuff. Because I have another cryptid on this list later. Yeah, oh, well, I'm still. I love explaining a cryptid with a cryptid, just like you did. <laughs> mm. Sticking to my guns, Michael. You gonna give aquatic elephant a, a, a percentage? I don't know. I do like the fifty-fifty that Jay's saying because it never adds up to a hundred. Just so you know, it never adds up to a hundred. It never adds up. Okay, uh, fifty-two forty-eight. How about that? Ooh, <laughs> all right, he's a big spender. Slightly, slightly big ambiguous. spender. I don't think it's that strange. I don't think it's that strange. No, it's much stranger things in the ocean. Uh-huh. And, and big mammals have gone back and forth from the ocean constantly. Like, yeah. Whales have done it several times. Uh, so to think of an elephant, and we know elephants were doing this big gap in the Indian Sea, swimming out to, you know, longer and longer and longer distances. Genetically or, you know, physiologically, at some point, you would just stop. Like you would either your species would oh, so they're slowly either getting better at swimming a longer distance and a longer distance and a longer distance. So you start to, but at one point you're getting the, you know, you're swimming a hundred miles every day. Why not just stay in the ocean? Right. Yeah. You know, you're more evolved for living in the ocean now than you are for being on the land when you get there. Eventually it'll just turn to a crab. Every carcinization. <laughs> actually, that's next on the list. This is actually a giant crab. No, it's not. It's not next on the list. I, I tried. <laughs> Fool me once. Well, the lobster jail, you know. See? Yeah. Oh, don't. Ah, ah. Don't give him a window. Convergent evolution. Convergent uh, evolution. Develop the trunk somehow. <laughs> it's crab. It's all crab. It's crab. crab. Uh, no, my next one is gigantic elephant seal. That's a good one. That's that's actually a really good one and and quite a quite a direct one as well. Pinnipeds. Everybody home pinnipeds. That's seal family. Pinnipeds. 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 Yep. Okay. So we had pachyderms. Pachyderms. And now we have pinnipeds. Okay. Uh, so elephant seals. Everybody at home are the largest living member of seals, and they're actually one of the largest fossil seals we have too. Uh, elephant seals are biggest on records, eighteen feet long. It's pretty big. A little smaller than some of our biggest great white sharks. That's a pretty big uh, seal. Yeah. Are they furry? Now they don't have any. They don't have any hair that you would see like with the naked eye. What they do have 
is uh, around breeding season, they kind of shed their fur mats. They, so they have dense, packed, short hair. Mm-hmm. But they shed their fur mats, and they have these giant strands of hair coming off their body. Uh, so if you have a white member of your species, and they're white seals. You know, elephant seals aren't white. They're red and brown. Mm-hmm. But if you have a white giant seal, and it's in this process, it would. Or, there's also orcas kind of tearing it apart. You know, so that you, yeah, it could be how in the ocean it looked like it was shredding some of this big fur. And then on land, after it dries out, when seals dry out, you can see their fur. Yeah. When they're wet, it's all interlocked. Okay. So when it's laying there dead on the beach or whatever, you could see these big fur. You would see the trunk. Elephant seals, unless they're really, uh, males especially, don't really look like they have a head. You know, it's just kind of this giant nose stuck to the end of one end of these massive bodies. Like Michael already said earlier, this tail, the way pinnipeds, they actually have feet and a tail. In, on their on their hind end, hmm. so they have this lobster like looking tail, uh, and the el- elephant seals also have very thick skin and all that stuff. So this could be a bigger cousin of the modern day elephant seal or a remnant species. And everybody at home that may not understand, elephant seals are world travelers. They're not supposed to be in ninety nine percent of the places they end up. Hmm. Uh, there's that one in Australia that falls in love with a cow every year. And destroys it. He what? swims <laughs> up river like four or five hundred miles, and he invades this town. And look it up. Look at the videos. Of this elephant till destroying cars. To for what? Because he he's lonely and he wants this cow. So he what he does? He swims <laughs> way way like four or five hundred miles up river into Australia, and then he gets out in this farm town and he chases cows all day, and then he fights cars. Does he ever catch a cow? No. Okay. You've seen elephant seals aren't known for high speed on land. Right. I know that. Uh, also, there's been some to pop up in the Amazon rainforest. We believe we have wow. a record of them in the uh, Mississippi. Uh, we talked about the White River Monster one time that we think that was an elephant seal. Uh, there's recently a video going around on the other side of South America, on the Pacific side, where this gigantic, it's an obvious creature swimming around in this river. And it's 100% an elephant seal, in my opinion. It's a very large elephant seal, but it's an elephant seal. And these guys are only like 30 foot away, and there's like this... River's like 30 foot across or so, so it's not very big. And you just see this monster in crystal clear water swimming back and forth in circles, then goes back down river. Mm. But that's elephant seals. Like, they'll do that. Like, so they don't pop up in places they're supposed to be. It's just a thing they do. Yeah. So what do you think about this, Michael? I think that it's an excellent it's an excellent theory. Um, and orcas are known to love the taste of seal. So... That yeah. gives it yeah gives it some very good credibility for the story, a big 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 really big seal, seal. yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, in uh, in Winslow two when that comes out, I'll give you a little give you an exclusive Ooh. little preview. Ooh, here we go. Um, Winslow Winslow's description of Trunko um, was uh, it looked looked like an elephant seal that took the elephant part too literal. And so that was, <laughs> Ooh, love it. That was how he. How he describes it. Look like an elephant seal that took the elephant part too literal. Hmm. What do you think, Jay? Did Trunko have big ears? No. He didn't? Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, really, the only thing elephantine about Trunko... Was his trunk? Was the trunk. Okay. Oh. That's a joke. Trunko. Oh. What's your percentage, Jay? <laughs> so, <laughs> on this... Uh, elephant um, seal. Big elephant seal. Cousin of the modern-day elephant seal. Not saying this is a member of the modern elephant seal species. Right. It's just a, an a, offshoot or uh, ancient cousin that's on the probably on the verge of extinction or very low numbers, 
We talked about it on a recent episode that the ocean is so vast, the chances of you running into anything are extremely low. Right, so they might not be. They just might not live. They just might not be a lot of them naturally. Right, yeah. I mean, they could be worldwide extirpated for all we know. That's extinct. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're extirpated from the planet Earth. You are extinct. Extinct, yeah. Um, 27%. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Michael? Hmm. It's hard with these percentages. Well, I'll, I'll give it, since we know that elephant seals exist and they're already goofy looking, I'll, I'll give it an extra bump because it has that bit of living evidence. And they're much bigger than people expect already. <laughs> so. I don't think that it's it's too far fetched to to say that there could be an even even bigger even chonkier elephant seal out there. So I'll give it a I'll give it a 60, 60, sixty sixty yeah. sixty forty. Dang, Michael's at a hundred and twelve percent. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling some J math. That's no, all good. <laughs> so this next know. one is uh, I give this to this is my. If I had to pick a 50-50, the giant elephant seal is one of my 50%. Okay. Oh, the elephant seal is? Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, this next one, I don't know, but it's something we have to include. A mysterious cetacean. Just a whole brand new species that... Oh, of somehow, somewhere, a whale evolved a trunk. Hmm. And got furry. Hmm. Whales have taken on many a weird shape. Has there ever been a, f- a whale that we know of in history that has had fur? So there was an animal. We did it on listener submissions. There was a whale that was killed that was furry in Nova Scotia uh, that was like a <gasps> sea monster. And <laughs> what'd you say? He's, he gassed. That's where Winslow Hoffner's from. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's heard of that story. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, no, I can't remember. That's another one from Adam's books. Uh, hmm. I can't remember what page or what even what book it's from. It may be oddities in print, uh, but a listener submitted it to us from it's from his hometown, uh, and he took pictures of the book and stuff and sent it to me. Didn't know I had the book. Hmm. Um, but so no, we have no baleen whales that are alive, no beaked whales that are alive, and no toothed whales or porpoises that are alive that have fur. Fur, yeah. There's uh, they, they all mammals have facial hair. Whales do have facial hair, but it's very, very refined. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. They have little mustaches. Really? <laughs> it's still there, but it's very, very tight. Interesting. That sounds awesome. But uh, I want to see a whale a, hair. A, a whale hair, or just a whale with a full-on mustache. I want to see a whale with a, grow a hickenbottom. Oh, hickenbottom, a push broom mustache. Yeah, that would be scary. That's a real interesting creature, but. I don't know how this would happen. I don't know of any... So this would have to be a very, very, very primitive order of whale to still maintain hair. And primitive doesn't mean non-evolved. It just means it's still much more closely related to its original roots. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you think, Michael? Um, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I think the only <laughs> way that it was a whale is if it was, in fact, uh, only a globster and not a not a true animal, that this was whale blubber. I don't think I don't think it was a whale. Um, I'll give, I'll give it a, I'll give it a good, I'll give it a good solid 12. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's a good number. I'm not adding all these numbers together, by the way. <laughs> you never have to. Don't worry. The listeners do it. Uh, what about you? I'm even giving it less than that. What? 11. I'm giving it a zero. Oh, zero? Yeah. Don't you know the saying? Anything's possible. You got to give it a one at least. Who knows? 
anything could be possible. Uh, no, I, I don't think this is a, a cetacean. Oh, wow. The biology doesn't fit them at all, even the ancient cetaceans. Uh, I did see somebody commented it, so I, I always try to include the even the far-off ones. Uh, but there's nothing whaley about this, really, hmm. at least the living one. Like we talked about, if it, is, if it falls down to just being a globster, sure. You know, yes. if nobody actually seen... Isn't if that it was the, just fat, then it could have been a it could have been a whale fat. Isn't that just? But I think the fact that it was large might be why some people might think it's a whale just because of the sheer size of it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's that's kind of the naturalist uh, explanation is it was two killer whales playing with whale blubber out sure. in the ocean. Like that's kind of what like I don't know. I there's a lot of witnesses. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, and this isn't like three fishermen. That have been drinking One and they've been out sea yeah. for you know four weeks. Cause yeah, three this hour is a, battle, huh? For a three hour three battle. battle, yeah, yeah. A, three a three hour, hour tour, <laughs> a three hour tour. You are Gilligan. I was Gilligan yeah. in the play Lagoon. Mm. Ooh, uh, makes sense. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Here's my my third most likely for me personally. It's just, but this is our fourth option. Yeah. I, I gave a zero on the whale. All right. A giant Cyrenian. What's a Cyrenian? Manatees. Okay. Uh, so I, we talked about the stellar sea cow. Stellar sea cows got quite large. Um, well, I got it somewhere written down here. So there's kind of a weird argument because uh, Stellar himself did not agree on his own weight estimates for the stellar sea cow. He did say they were quite tasty. He was Him and his crew were responsible for pretty much their extinction. Now, did he say what they tasted like? A horse. No, did he? Yeah, right here, horse. You lie. I don't know what he said it tasted like. No, so... <laughs> you got his... me so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, you're lying. There's no way it adds up like that cleanly. Okay, so his one estimate for the big adults they were finding, the 30, for 35 feet long, uh, the big adults they were finding, and they were killing a lot of these things, so they were real easy to kill because hmm. they just kind of stabbed him in the back of the head as you went along in the boat. Nice. Because they were so big, and they were in such shallow water... Like, they really didn't have any predators. Yeah. So they're like, what's that? Yeah, something's jabbing at it. Yeah. Uh, So his first weight estimate, and this is the low end, is 8,000 pounds. Okay. Which is about about a hippo. About an adult hippo. Big, regardless. It is big, but it's not, you know, for the ocean. Think about it for the ocean. I know, but still 8,000 pounds is still... His larger size estimate, I'll give you each a guess. Is the larger size? That, wait, are we talking the length? Or are we talking the weight with the weight? So oh we know they're thirty-five feet long. He could okay. measure that after they killed them. Twenty thousand pounds. Twenty thousand pounds. That's a good guess. Yeah, it's my guess. See, Michael, Price is Right rules. Uh, one pound. <laughs> one pound for his upper. You know, it's you know it's above eight thousand. Okay, okay. Uh, 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 ten thousand. Ooh. Hey, should have went eight thousand one. Fifty-two thousand pounds. Oh, okay. Oh my god. So there's this is a pretty sizable discrepancy. That's like a showcase showdown uh, <laughs> prize. So here I have. So like I said, on the lower end, it would be the size of about one hippo. On the upper end, it would be the same weight as four fully grown bull African elephants. Oh, oh. And these sitting there jabbing a stick into the back of its head. Oh, they they were really easy to kill. Still, real easy to kill. Size of four boar elephants. Well, it's either the size of a hippo 
or the size of anyways until, this, until we're arguing about the wrong part of this so it takes arguing about the wrong part so these animals anyways were quite large and let's say let's let's split the middle let's say there were 20,000 pounds a really big one of these was 20,000 pounds that's quite possible in the ocean uh Cyrenians have many, had many members we're down to a, just a handful of species now on the earth uh, why cuz people are taking spud bars to the back of their heads <laughs> that's part of it uh our ocean change currents, all that kind of stuff. Uh, manatees are just kind of easy to hit with boats. Mm. Uh, you know, the, no no Cyrenian besides maybe the Dugon has been really hard to hunt. Okay. It's because he's a special Pokemon. Because he's in the middle of the ocean. Oh, okay. He's just harder to find with a stick. <laughs> yeah, the spud yeah. bar. That's all I imagine. <laughs> just somebody out there. Do you know what a spud bar is, Michael? <laughs> no. It's You use it for ice fishing. It's a big steel slab. With a serrated end on one end, and you just bang it into the ice. And it makes oh. a big hole in the ice, so you can... Yeah, so that's what he's imagined killing this stellar sea cow with, is just a spud bar. And it's probably what he did at Beth. I just figured wow. it'd make you laugh. It did. <laughs> uh, but no. So there are some... So stellar sea cows got quite large. We know that. Basically, medium whale-sized. Uh, the stellar sea cow, though, itself was a, a shallow water animal. Uh, very slow. Very uh, cumbersome. And... Having no natural predator, you know, just kind of, yeah. So yeah. there is some evidence to suggest that there was actually an Arctic and an Antarctic version of this. So that stellar sea cows have only been, so we think they were, there was two separate populations. Okay. So what, what happens with these things, so the same thing happened with the East Indian manatees. We have some in India. We have some in Florida. Mm. So there was something that got them both over, you know, mm-hmm. so... There's a theory that there is an open ocean cousin that still may be around. This is still an active theory that there is a cousin of the stellar sea cow that is still out there right now in the open ocean. I like to believe that there is too. Uh, but a lot of biologists kind of get behind this. Mm-hmm. If anybody hasn't seen a manatee, they do kind of they have a really flexible nose. And there's some ancient manatees that even had a much more defined version of that, more like an elephant seal or even more like an elephant where they would actually use it to help shovel the plant matter into their mouth. Yeah. So what if that's and what Trunko is? Pretty, yeah, the dugong has a quite pretty yes. So. So what if that is what Trunko is? Is a white, just for whatever reason, uh, stellar open ocean stellar sea cow? What do you think, Michael? I love it. I love it. I love the theory. I would, I, I would put it. Uh, I put it equally among. These are all good theories. I don't know. Except I, the I whale. Except the whale. No, I, I throw the whale out. But um, unless unless it was truly a carcass, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I can, I can definitely believe it. We have things like that now. They're related to the elephant. So I would put it, uh, pretty even with the aquatic elephant theory. Okay. Mm. So like a trunk, like, like a taper's nose kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So not quite is what you're imagining, like a full elephant trunk. Right. But yeah, more like a tapir. Like a snub nose. But yeah, so it's still a trunk though. It's still, yeah. snub, it's or, not, it's more developed than the dugon, but not as like long as the elephants. Hmm. So open ocean sea cow. Which, what I love this theory is there's a lot of scientists that are now in the last couple of years getting behind this and are starting to look for it. Like that salamander that should exist. Yeah. Like they're saying that there, because there was evidence, they just found bones in the in, in, in Antarctic of the southern cousin to the stellar sea cow. Ooh. So now that's what I'm saying is they're looking for the Sp- one in between. In them. between, okay. So they got a spud bar out there in the open ocean just going around trying <laughs> yeah, to really hit something. For, yeah. uh, but no, so what do you think? I don't, um... Well, yeah, this one's definitely more. I don't know, forty percent on this and forty. Mm. 
All right. Now, do you guys want to do you really want to know what Trunco is? Yeah, let's get to it. Do let's... You really. So if you haven't picked up on this yet, Michael, by listening to the show and being on the show, whatever I say for last is the one I actually think the whole thing is. You ready? You're psycho. All right. Yes, I'm ready. I write the scripts. I know. I know you're psycho. (laughs) Uh, I think we found our good friend Pinky in his prime. A prime Pinky. A prime Pinky. Do you know about Pinky, Michael? No, I don't. Who's Pinky? So Pinky was the St. John's River monster that most people believe. So St. John's, Florida. It dumps right into the Atlantic Ocean. Pinky was a gigantic pinniped like creature uh he, he was only so most residents believe he went pink he was really really bright pink most residents believe he went pink because he was laying in such shallow water almost all the time that he was getting sunburnt very badly uh they said he was probably white when he first moved in but he was just a vegetation vacuum uh so he was in the saint john's river for four years and they talked about him like like just any other animal like he wasn't a monster uh, they kind of described him as elephant seal or walrus, like no big teeth or nothing like that. He had these two kind of big nubs on his head. Uh, but most people, and then it just would come onto land, like on the edge and eat everybody's grass, like a big manatee. He was really acting like a big manatee with all this stuff. And then one day he was floating down the river dead. So what a lot of people believe is he was an open ocean monster, an open ocean sea monster that spent kind of his retirement in Florida like humans do. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, he was monstrous, you know, 40 to 50 foot long, you know. What? Yeah. That's incredible. But I even heard about him in a bait shop when I was in Florida, like them talking about Pinky, the, the St. John's River monster. I go to St. John's a lot to catch bowfin. Uh, so I kind of get this thought that this is whatever these that group of animals is, is right. what Trunco may be. Because hmm. they describe them as like being able to shovel, like I mean, I see all this vegetation into his mouth without using yeah. his flippers. Excuse me. So I just imagine like a big a, a trunk or the these big developed lips like we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not one of the other theories. Right. Like it just I love explaining a cryptid with a cryptid. Is there any chance when they found it dead there was a big spud bar hole in the back of his head? There was. Actually, he had a spud bar hanging off the back mm. of his head. All right. They and, think it was the mob. And it tasted like horse? It tasted like horse. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. No, so yeah. Michael definitely book number 3, Pinky. Okay. Pinky's revenge. I like it. Pinky's revenge. No, and it was whatever it is. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say the the pre the prehensile aspect of of the lips or the trunk or whatever it might be uh, is quite interesting. And earlier Jay mentioned uh, the tapir, and uh, tapirs are they're known to sort of act like hippos and run Mm -hmm. along the bottom of of rivers and stuff. So that's that's another that's another bonus possibility yeah it's a tapir aquatic uh, tapir theory a, a, a fully aquatic tapir wasn't that the taxidon isn't that a tapir and it was a giant new to me i don't know taxidon, taxidon. a giant tapir cousin that was uh, they think was like the south american hippo like they already think there was one really? that was actually fully almost fully aquatic like a hippo and they were massive well this is an interesting this is an interesting thread because you know what tapirs are related to serenians Oh, horses. Oh, and they taste like horse. <laughs> oh, here we go. Tapirs are related to horses? It looks, they are. That explains a lot about horses. <laughs> looks like a taxodon was an extinct... What's that? Extinct genus of South American mammals. A member of the Notoungulata? Yep. I don't know what tapers. that is. 
Is it really? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. What? Uh, what I would lie to you? Uh, <laughs> you've been known to be wrong about animals. A time or two. Tenth <laughs> grade, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, they were giant. They were giant monsters. Yeah, they look big. Interesting. That's interesting. So, Jay. Hmm. I guess, what's your thought about it being pinky before we do the tapier thing? <laughs> I mean, explain encrypted with encrypted. Why not? I mean, Percentage. I I, you need a percentage on that? Mm-hmm. It's like, can I give you an imaginary number? That's my percentage. Sure, I don't care. I don't even know. Like, it's an upside down I. XQI3? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's 14. No, 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 no. 13. All right, Michael. Schleventine, I don't know. Schleventine, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not familiar with Pinky, but I like the story that you that you told. And it's you Pinky's told, really so. cool. Pinky's a fun one. That was one of our early Patreon episodes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, Pinky. Pinky's a fun story. Um, Very cool. Mark Muncy's books. I don't know. Mark yeah. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's got Pinky on one of his books, of Weird Florida. Uh, but uh, okay. So, what do you think about Tapir? <laughs> the aquatic taper theory, A T T, uh, twelve, no, oh. seven. Ooh, Michael. Well, I I think I like our aquatic elephant theory a little bit more, but one of the descriptions of the trunk of from the original story was that it was flat like a pig's nose, and so it looked. They said it it had the trunk like an elephant, oh, but it's... it was it was more like a pig's nose. Definitely a man. At the very end. And then, um, and, and, you know, tapers, they're related to horses. And so that would connect to our glacier, glacier mm. Island story. The horse meat. So the horse meat, cause that's, that's the reason why, you know, everything takes, tastes like chicken is that chicken has, you know, common ancestry with, with dinosaurs. So if you, if you taste alligator and, and taste like chicken, well, it's because they have like a kind of a similar thing. I thought so. it was because the matrix. It is. It's also that. Yeah. Okay. The wire's getting because they didn't have any um, chickens when the aliens got here. <laughs> they didn't know what they tasted like. Yeah. So they just had to program it. It just tastes like everything. So every all meat tastes like. Mm-hmm. Now, so if you had to pick one, Michael, if you had, and not saying you, there's not, because there's a lot of good ones on these lists, but if you just had yeah. to pick one to hang your hat on, where are you going? Well, there's a there's a high likelihood that that it's a it's a decaying carcass of some kind. Ah, that's but, not fun. But. The more I hear about like, the more I hear about these aquatic elephants and and other things that uh, and Serenians. Mm, I I like I like both the aquatic elephant theory and the Serenian uh, uh, theory, which is kind of I mean they're they're related. Very close. They're very close to the same thing. Anyway, so so, so something there or some I, one of those two or something in between them. Okay. Some type of little little splinter off of the family tree. I like that a lot. Something with a prehensile nose that it uses to munch on aquatic vegetation or something, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, and, and something that maintained its fur somehow still. I like it. Or it's covered in fungus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, that's what fur-bearing trout. That's what got their legend started as trout that was covered in white hair fungus. That's oh, an actual that's fungus. So. White hair fungus is a fungus marine animals get. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what cool. if, Jay. If you had to hang your hat on one um, or two, it doesn't have to be one. But you know, nope. I'm gonna stick to one. Okay. It's probably the aquatic elephant. 
Aquatic elephant's a good one. That's what I like. That's just the one I like the most. Yeah. But, you know, we'll put a, you know, a, let's put a reward out there. If anyone listens to this episode, if you're a fisherman, open sea fisherman, you hook onto a trunco uh, and you bring us the carcass or just a piece of the meat and Justin tastes it. <laughs> and if he confirms it tastes like horse. Uh, I don't we'll, like horse. We'll put you on an episode of our show. Okay. I guess I didn't agree to any of this, but okay. It's in there. Uh, it's, it's out there now. I'm We're going, <laughs> I'm going Serenian. I think it really is the stellar sea cow. Good. Yeah, I really. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying, I, but I do think there is something to, there with the aquatic elephants. That's probably my number two for sure. Yeah, but they're close. It's yeah. nearly tied. I mean, they're they're almost the same. But I do think so. I was just reading that article about the stellar sea cow in the southern counterpart, and now they're actively looking for the open ocean variant, and that's really exciting to me because there's what most people don't realize. And I know you know, Michael, but people at home may not is that there are gigantic grass mats in the middle of the open ocean. Hmm. Like, it's not hmm. just nothing out there. Like, there are these whole gigantic plateaus of grass mats. I think it's like... Wow. Like what floating? Is no, 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 no. Like shallow, warm water full of seagrass. Hmm. Uh, they started using sharks and dugons with cameras on them to find these. Hmm. Uh, because it's the tiger sharks, they are the kings of these environments. Even though you see them in the open ocean... They're really just moving from one patch to the next. Mm. You know, there's open ocean predators that are a lot better at the o- exploiting the open ocean than they are. They're kings of these shallow water giant grass things. I believe we just did a study last summer, and these environment increased by 33 million acres. That's a lot of acreage. Because of all the, well, they found more. Yeah. They just don't know where to look for them. Like I said, the ocean's big, so it's hard. How deep are, like, are these? A lot of these are 30 to 60 foot. Okay. So, but when everything else is around, it may be miles deep. Right, exactly, yeah. So you were finding these little, and so I think that's what we're talking about personally, is a Serenian, a gigantic Serenian that specializes in these, basically think of it as island hopping between these these grass, these island, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what he wanted. I uh, did. But I think it's a giant Serenian hopping from these, these giant uh, seagrass meadows. Hmm. So it's an island boy Serenian. Yeah, it has the hair and everything. <laughs> yeah, it all makes. They're trying. They're Trunco. The island boys, whatever. On that note, Michael, will you please shout out every like all your stuff again? And once again, everybody at home, I'll have Michael's link in the bio below. You can find his stuff there. But please give your own shout outs. Uh, check out my brand new audiobook edition of Winslow Hoffner's Incredible Encounters. Folkloric fantasy on the high seas, all that good stuff. Sea monsters and cryptids. Um, you can find that and all my other books on michaelthompsonbooks.com. And follow me on Instagram at mthompson underscore books. There you go. Follow him on Instagram. Love it. Go see him in person, too. Do you have any in-person parents coming up soon? Soon? Uh, yes. Monster Fest over in uh, your ne- closer to New York, neck of the woods, Ohio. Canton, yep. Uh, that's going to be... June 3rd, uh, and uh, all that information is going to be on my website as well. I'm very excited for that. That's the first event put on by Small Town Monsters. It's going to be exciting. Jay's going. That's uh, their first one ever? That they're going to, their they're, first one. Didn't I think they did a previous one, but I'm not 100% sure. I think they stopped oh. doing it, but I think it's the first one of this kind. They oh, did something it's else. the first one of this name, yeah. You're sending me to fly solo on one of their first? Oh. Shh, Michael, he's going by himself. Hey, I'll be there, Jay. There you okay. go. Don't right. give him an apple. 
don't give him an apple. It's right. not good for him. It's All like right. a vampire. <laughs> Make my legs not work. It yeah. makes his legs not work. <laughs> That's still the funniest thing at breakfast. But no, Michael, thank you for joining us. And as you know, how we like to end this is we'll, on the count of three, we'll all scream by and then the outro will play. You ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash CripsOfTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.